Good morning. morning. Callings of the Lord. As a child growing up in Westphalia, we used to play a a game called freeze tag. Have you guys ever played that game? The it person would tag you and freeze you. And then one of your teammates could come along and touch you and unfreeze you. I liken my faith life to that. When the evil one touches me, I feel frozen. I'm not happy, I'm not alive, I'm frozen. But then when I'm touched by the Holy Spirit, I'm unfrozen. And I'm free to be happy and joyful and experience the life that the good Lord wants us to. I'd like to give you a couple of examples of how in the gospel readings and in the readings from the past several weeks, the good Lord's been reaching out to all of us and calling us. The Gospels we've heard about the last couple, several weeks have been about workers and vineyards, right? Two weeks ago in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, we found out the good Lord doesn't make a very good businessman and he, as he pays the guys who only worked an hour the same amount as he did the, those who worked all day. See, that, work didn't, that joke didn't work last night either, so I guess I'm about to give up on that. Um, Fortunately for us, that parable isn't about the good Lord hiring workers. God offers everyone forgiveness and mercy, no matter how late in life we turn to Him. Last week, the gospel was from the 21st chapter of Matthew, and it was the parable of the two sons, both of whom the father asked to work in his vineyard, and the one said, no way, nope, I'm not going to work for you. But then later he changed his mind. He worked anyway, right? But the second son told the father what the father wanted to hear and said, yes, I'll go to work for you. But then rejected the father and didn't go. And that parable, I felt, was about not just giving the good Lord lip service, saying what we think he wants to hear, but about doing the right thing, even if it involves changing our minds and realizing the error of our ways. Again, the good Lord is kind and merciful and will take us back at any time. And then today, in the gospel, also from the 21st chapter of Matthew, but we also had the reading in the 5th chapter of Isaiah, there's more talk about vineyards and workers and how the master produced a wonderful vineyard, put hedges, protected it, had a watchtower for safety, And yet, humans being humans rejected this place that God had made for us. That we rejected it. Like Adam and Eve rejected God in the Garden of Eden. Like the Israelites, after God and Moses had used Moses to bring them out of captivity, out of Egypt. They rejected God, right? And yet, how often do we choose to do evil and reject the Son of God who suffered and died for us and for our sins. To me, today's message from the Gospel is about although the Lord's mercy has no limits, if we don't accept His graces, He can and will offer them to others who do desire Him. During these weeks of the Gospels about vineyards, our second reading has been taken from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. 
Two weeks ago, Father Will told us that this letter was written while St. Paul was imprisoned. Most impressive about St. Paul is his attitude. If ever there was a person had reason to be down on himself and on life, that would be St. Paul. But he expresses joy, his joy in life, in living, and if it's the good Lord's wish, that he should die. St. Paul writes of this joy, and especially of knowing Christ, knowing of the mercy and kindness and peace that comes from being a Christian and having a relationship with God. Last week, Father Will impressed upon us the importance of chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfishness or out of vain glory. Rather, humbly regard others as more important than ourselves, each looking out not for his own interest, but for those of others. St. Paul obviously hasn't been living in the 21st century, has he? St. Paul, he's telling us that we need to give up on selfishness. And yet here in the 21st century, it seems like all we do is selfishness and vainglory. There's selfies and there's social media posts that are so important to us. It's all about me, me, and more me. And then what is this nonsense about humbly regarding others as more important than ourselves? There can't be any joy in that, can there? But that is the crazy part of St. Paul's message. The people that look out not for their own interest, but for those of others, those who give up ambition and strive to help others, end up being the happiest in life. This seems illogical. It goes back to the good Lord telling us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, you are not thinking as God does, but as human beings do. Now, I just, or we just read the uh, second reading today from the fourth chapter of St. Paul's letter to Philippians, and there's great joy in that reading. He's telling us, come to Jesus, come to Christ, come to a relationship with Him. Come with no anxiety and no worries. Come experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. St. Paul realizes the absurdity of his statements. He can't explain it, but he knows it's true, and we know it's true today. He lists the things that should occupy our thoughts. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, these are things we should think about. St. Paul invites us to live as he has lived, accept Jesus as the most important person in our lives. And when we do that, we will experience God's graces. Why do we fight it so? The burden is easy. The yoke is light. Why do we want to be those wild grapes in the gospel today? Just live a... Or that was in the first reading. The wild grapes was in the first reading. But if we just live a life of peace and joy. Now, this doesn't mean that we earn God's graces. Just because we live a Christian life and we do everything we're supposed to do, we don't deserve special privileges. Bad things may happen to us. But we do not reject Jesus when they do. Now, I'd like to share with you some specific items that have happened in my life and how I feel the good Lord has reached out and touched me.
This joy and peace that St. Paul tells us about in his letter to the Philippians, that's what being a deacon is. Six, seven years ago in adoration, okay, well, I'm going to take a sidetrack here, adoration. I invite everyone to spend time in adoration. There's nothing better you can do with an hour of your time each and every week than to spend time in adoration and develop your relationship with your God. Stop taking selfies and posting for an hour. Come to adoration. Adoration in the chapel, adoration here in church, before Mass or after. But spend one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord every week. Find God in your life and accept His graces. So back to my story. Six or seven years ago, I was in adoration. Worries of the world, pouring out my heart to the good Lord. Oh, boo-hoo, poor me, I've got it so bad, right? And I kept this wham-wham baby stuff up for a couple of weeks. And then the next week I stopped. And I didn't say a thing. Except to say, good Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want my life to be? And then these really crazy thoughts came into my head. Matt, do you remember when Father Ron John asked you 10 years ago about being a deacon? And do you not hear, did you not hear Father Saucer when he asked you last month about an information session coming up about being a deacon? Oh, dear Lord, you can't be serious. Have you not been paying attention to me and how I'm living my life? I'm not a holy person like a priest is or a deacon. I'm not worthy. That phrase, I'm not worthy. I found out this is the devil's go-to play card when someone and anyone is considering a calling. No one is worthy. Every deacon, priest, bishop, pope will tell you, I'm not worthy. Will tell you, I'm not worthy, so just get over it. So I went to Father Sauzer, and this is your first step. If anyone of you is thinking about being a deacon or any kind of religious life, go talk to Father Will. If you're here, a visitor at St. Mary's today, welcome. Now go to your parish priest and start talking to him about your calling. Start listening to the good guys. Don't listen to the evil one. Don't let him talk you out of it. One of my many regrets is that I waited so long that I listened to the evil one and did not consider the diaconate sooner. Breach the subject with your spouse and your children. You will be surprised at the positive response you'll get. My wife and children, all of them, Matt, Dad, what took you so long? We knew, is what they said. From this point on, just don't say no. Read today's second reading again. Allow the good Lord and the Holy Spirit to fill your heart with all that is good and experience peace and joy. Is the road to the diaconate easy? No. Formations will challenge you. What formation revealed to me was the truth of how being of service to others ends up bringing more deep, selfless, fulfilling joy than anything anyone can imagine. To this day, I still smile. I can't contain the joy that I have discovered knowing Jesus 
through the diaconate. I'm convinced the good Lord called me to be a deacon. I'm convinced he's calling someone in this group here, maybe multiple people in this group right here. Father Curtis, you guys remember him, right? Tall, thin, facial hair, had a dog. Y'all remember him? Father Curtis had a saying about callings. He said callings are not rare or infrequent. He said it is our response to these callings in a positive manner that are rare and infrequent. Our church needs more deacons and more priests and more sisters. In the last several weeks, we've all heard the call for workers in the vineyards. I'm going to call men out specifically, men between the ages of 35 and 59. Number one, begin with adoration on a regular basis. Number two, open yourselves to the voice of the Lord. Stop listening to the evil one. And number three, begin a dialogue with Father Will. I encourage everyone, though, men, women, children, prioritize your search and find Jesus in your life. Build your relationship with Him. Experience the joy and peace that St. Paul is talking about in his letter to the Philippians today. The good Lord does not want any soul to be frozen. The good Lord wants all of us to come to know Him. Allow yourself to be unfrozen by the touch of the Lord.